Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Schaap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. By MinnowsPlus.com. From baits to waiters, if it helps you catch a fish, they have it. And now, from the Short Grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Schaap. Congratulations to Team USA for winning the Curtis Cup over Great Britain and Ireland at Conway Golf Club in Conway, Wales. The U.S. team came back after a three-point deficit after the opening day matches. Arkansas Razorback golfer Brooke Matthews went 1-1-1, winning her singles match 3-2 over Charlotte Heath. Team USA won the Cup 12.5 points to 7.5 points to keep it. What a playoff on the PGA Tour at the BMW Championship between Patrick Cantlay and Bryson DeChambeau. It took six holes before Cantlay was able to birdie the 18th and DeChambeau only able to make par. What an exciting finish it was. Coming up on this edition of From the Short Grass, Arkansas Razorback women's golf coach Shauna Taylor will be on the tee. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of SureLife products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at MinnowsPlus.com. Welcome back to From the Short Grass. Blackman Auctions has been in the auction business since 1938. You can find them on the web at blackmanauctions.com. Better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Now on the tee, the head women's golf coach at the University of Arkansas, Shauna Taylor. Shauna, thanks for joining us on From the Short Grass. Glad to be here in Fayetteville at the Blessings Golf Club. And we were talking on the way over. This place is amazing. Yes. Um, amen. You know, it's it's been a game changer for our program to have such an incredible place to, to call home. You know, I, I say it's a one-stop shop. We can work out. We can rest. We can recover. We can train. We can do everything we need to do. Four miles from campus, uh, it is a blessing to be able to be here at the Blessings. You can do outdoor. You can in- do indoor because the indoor facility is, is pretty awesome in and of itself. We have everything we need um, to train at the highest level, um, to provide our players everything that they need to prepare their games to you know 
know, compete and win every week. Let's go back to when you were a junior golfer growing up in South Carolina. You ended up going to the University of Georgia, graduating from there. Take me back. When did you first pick up a golf club? I was like 11 or 12 years old. Um, my mom was a operating room nurse and my dad was a kind of a, a weekend golfer and uh, she would be on call on the weekends and I would have to go ride in the cart with my dad and, you know, gradually he'd let me hit a putt and then it was like, okay, you can play one hole and then you know, nine holes. And then it became, I played with the guys. Um, and then my dad quit after I started beating him and his buddies. So the rest is history. <laughs> Did you take money off of his buddies? Of course. You know, I grew up on a, a public golf course and then my dad ended up working in the cart barn so I could get privileges at our country club in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And it was, you know, just awesome. It was great, great golfers, great male golfers. I played on the boys high school team. So I was always competing against the guys. Not a lot of girls were playing you know, when I was growing up in my little town. So, um, yeah, I was trying to take the money from the guys every chance I could get. And back when you were growing up, if you could play well, you're probably going to be able to get your college paid for as a female, correct? Pretty close. Yeah, it's, um, you know, back then, I think that the story is they used to say there's so many unused women's golf scholarships. I don't know if that's true, but you could definitely get a full scholarship shooting 85 or better. And you got one to Georgia. I did. Tell me about Georgia and what it was like. You know, I went through the recruiting process. I was a very good junior player. Um, I think I was like a five-time junior All-American. Um, so I had a lot of options. I uh, took a lot of visits. And I landed on Georgia. I love the coach there, Beans Kelly. She um, just was a great human. It was more than just about developing the golfer. It was about developing the person. And I loved Athens. It was three and a half hours from my hometown. So it was close enough to home so my folks could come over and watch me play. And, you know, it was uh, probably some of the greatest years of my life. Just, you know, playing in the SEC. We won three SEC championships. I won two as a player individually. I think we we won 19 times when I was in school. Um, just an unbelievable college experience. And then you left there, you turned pro. I played for a while, um, struggled. Um, and I don't know if it was maybe my, you know, my arthritis kicking in or, or what it was, but I, I really struggled. I've struggled to get money to play on, uh, maybe the stress of that. So I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and um, I was talking you know, my assistant coach at Georgia was Kelly Hester, who was the head coach here at Arkansas. I was struggling with my golf. I hadn't, I didn't know I had rheumatoid then, but she's like, why don't you just come out and we don't have an assistant coach. We'll create a position, come out and help me. You can still play if you want to. Um, so I packed my car up and drove west to Fayetteville, Arkansas all by myself. And now you're here. And before you got here, the blessings was not even here. No, we were on kind of a rotation. We'd go to Stonebridge Meadows. We'd go to Paradise Valley, Fayetteville Country Club. We'd just kind of make our rounds, Springdale, uh, make our rounds around the community and the different golf courses every day. And then, um, you know, fortunately, several, several years in, we were um, based out of here. Take me back to when uh, they came to you and said, we want you to be our new head coach. I'll never forget it. Kelly and I were doing junior camp in the summer. Um, we had been working all day. I was in the bunker. I had sand everywhere. And we got the news that the Georgia coach had been let go. And I knew immediately in my head, I was like, okay, Kelly's going home because she loves it. She's from Georgia. You know, and I was like, oh gosh, what's that mean for me? I'm an assistant coach. Rarely do you get to be a head coach at a power five school from an assistant's position. So I said, worst case scenario, I'll go with Kelly to Georgia. Um, you know, maybe they'll give me a shot here. But in the process of that, I, Kelly had a, a kid. She got her master's degree. So she gave me a lot of responsibility to run this program and to help her um, lead these young women. And really fortunate that I had that experience. Um, and then I'll never forget, Bev Lewis called me in. I was like, oh, no. She's like, well, we're going to do a, you know, a national search. And if you just 
just hold down the program till we figure this out. Um, I said, okay, no problem. So about two days later, Bev calls me back in and she starts asking me a lot of questions. I'm like, I think this might be an interview, but she didn't say it was an interview. So I Some said, of those are the best ones. <laughs> no, I was like, thank God. I didn't, you know, it was like, you just spoke from the heart and, um, Luckily, I'd been given all those responsibilities and I was really um, entrenched in the recruiting and gotten to, you know, know a lot of people in our community. And Stacy was on our team and I was very close with her. I know she went in and, and pitched for me to get the job too. And at the end of the conversation, Bev goes, well, I've done my research and I can't think of anybody better to offer the job to. I didn't even ask how much I was going to make. I'd have done it for a dollar, you know, but to have that opportunity and I'll forever be indebted to Bev Lewis for entrusting me with this women's golf program and, you know, giving me this chance. That nationwide search didn't leave the athletic department. I don't think so. It might have. Um, I know, you know, Bev was very diligent in what she did. And um, I think um, I'd, you know, played so much golf and um, had, you know, like I said, been a, a decent player at Georgia. And I love the game. Um, and I just think it just kind of shines when you get in those moments. And um, we've just poured ourselves into Arkansas women's golf. And I think Bev could tell that. You talked about Stacy Lewis being an advocate for you to get the head coaching job. What does she mean? to Shauna and to the University of Arkansas in this golf program. I give kudos to Bev, but I give the second kudos to Stacy because that pr- probably that helped me get this position as the head coach and Stacy and I have a very awesome friendship. Um, you know, it was a coach player relationship when she was in school. You know, she wasn't eight, she redshirted her first year when she was here. Um, so we got to spend a lot of time together. Um, Kelly would be maybe on the golf course. She said, Hey, take Stacy over there and let's putt and chip with her. She was quiet, very introverted. Um, so we got to spend a ton of time together. We built trust and would have intense competitions. Um, so we just, you know, from there, um, her and I've just stayed close. Our husbands are friends. Our kids are friends now. And, you know, it's somebody that um, I've been very blessed to be a part of her inner circle. I always say she put Arkansas women's golf on the map. And she's still a big part of Arkansas women's golf. She is. You know, she carries Big Red. Her and I probably talk once a week, you know, via text or or conversation. You know, every chance we get. Went down to the Dallas LPGA earlier this summer, and our kids went to the swimming pool together. We got to see each other. Um, You know, it's been, I was there when she won the British Open at St. Andrews, Um, just been able to go on an amazing journey throughout her career and I'm just really blessed that her and I are so close. The blessings gets built while you are the head coach here. What type of input, if any, did you have into the design of the locker room, the facility, the, the space that you guys would need, you and Coach McMakin would need to train your athletes? Well, fortunately, Mr. Tyson is a is a golf junkie. Um, so he's been able to travel the world and see what great facilities are out there. And I think his vision for this place was incredible. I remember going through the creeks on a like a mud tired vehicle just to kind of see the land. So to see this place develop um, from the ground up has been pretty incredible. We you know we get a lot of say in our locker room, but he's just done a fantastic job of what do you guys need to be successful and. The members have been so supportive um, in helping love on our teams and, and be out there when we're competing and volunteer when we need them um, and just embrace us. And it's, uh, you know, we can hit any kind of golf shot that we need out here. We have bent greens. We have Bermuda greens. He's very thoughtful um, in the way things are designed. And, you know, just, again, just really awesome to have a place like this to call home. For those that play their home course that are listening to this, and that's all they play, and and they might rarely go to a different place, the fact that you have different types of grasses that you can practice with 
and utilize here. How important is that? Oh, it's huge. You know, we'll start the year, uh, I think two of our four right out of the gate are on Bermuda grass. So to have a green over there that we can go and work on and kind of see the response, but also, you know, Bermuda putts differently. It looks differently. It rolls differently. So, you know, some of our girls have grown up on bent only, Bermuda only. So being able to transition between the two and teach, you know, what that looks like is, is so helpful. The redesign of the golf course, and I I don't think Mr. Tyson's ever going to be done designing and redesigning everything, but when this place opened the blessings, Mm -hmm. it was extremely difficult. Did he have to kind of tone it down a little bit after the first couple of years? I played on opening day, and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know what I, what we're going to do. But, but you know, it, even though it, when it opened, I think it was definitely harder, and it softened through more tees. Um, so, it's you know, you can set it up to be more friendly, um, but it's still challenging. It just exposes your weaknesses, and um, you just have to play it from the right place um, and know, you know, it, it takes some creativity. Um, you got to have a lot of shots out here. You can't be one-dimensional and as a coach I love that it you know you come in here only hitting a draw and only you know can only chip one way you will get smoked and you know it just allows us to teach our players a variety and we talk about you know a toolbox and really equipping our players with that toolbox and having more than one shot the vision that he has for golf and for this club Obviously, hosted a couple of regionals, but then 2019, a couple of years before that, you guys get selected to host the NCAA championships. And back a couple of years ago, the Golf Channel and the NCAA, they went to where we're going to have one site for both the men and the women. Golf Channel is going to come in. They're going to televise it. Did that help even expand the program here at Arkansas with that national spotlight on it? I think two things. The LPGA event has really shined a light on our community um, and another great golf course in Pinnacle Country Club. But we've had such a close partnership. So our girls have gotten the opportunity to be on TV and to to play at that, you know, that stage. But then, you know, to bring the national championship here and to be able to showcase our home for so many days in a row, you know, amongst our fans and to have it on TV and to, to show recruits and to show people like we have a really special place here in Northwest Arkansas. And, you know, those experiences and those tournaments um, are the greatest recruiting tool. You won an SEC championship. Finally. As a head coach. Yeah. That had to have been exciting. It was. It's. Uh, it was definitely. A, you know, I wake up every day. How can our How can our team get better? How can we win? How can we do things right? How can we work hard? What can we do more of? And just to see that group of young women um, come together and came down to the 18th hole. Kaylee Benton had to two putt from 40 feet, and I was like, Lord, please, um, you know, let let this snuggle this one up there and and be conceded and just to let those girls experience that. It was um, something I'll never forget. Kaylee Benton, you mentioned her. She's from Cabot, Arkansas, grew up in a golfing family. I mean, I remember watching her brother Nick and (laughs) Colby uh, out there. I competed against them. There was Kaylee right with them, maybe caddying sometimes or always around the golf course. And Jeff Benton, her dad too. I mean, I always tell he's always winning some stuff out Mm -hmm. in Arizona. I said, if you, a skirt and a wig, you can come back and I'll give you, give you a spot on the team. But that is a golfing family. Um, You know, just it's anytime you can get a, a young woman from Arkansas to be a part of our program is, is special, but Kaylee uh, was, she's amazing and, you know, helped again, you know, do something in our program's history that hadn't been done. And then something that had been done, but was repeated is Maria Fossey being able to win the NCAA championship and won it right here at the Blessings. 
cool story about that, about, you know, when we got the announcement out two years before or whatever, um, she walked into my office one day and she said, I want to go ahead and start visualizing what it's going to look like to walk up 18 winning the national championship. And I said, okay. So we worked on that. Um, you know, visualization is a big part of what we do in our sport. And um, she has a great discipline for that. And it was amazing to just kind of watch that unfold. It was like, we had talked about it for two years and she's like, can I hold your hand walking up 18? And I was like, of course, (laughs) like if that's what you saw, I'll do it with you. So, you know, to watch her walk up 18 and knowing that she'd envisioned that and been dreaming about it and been thinking about it and been working towards it and to watch it happen in front of our fans and at home. um, It was such a special moment. In that vision, did she have the lead that she had or was it, okay, I'm going to have to make a putt to win it? I think she thought about it in, in all scenarios. I mean, it's kind of like if you can prepare your mind for what's going to potentially happen, you know that it could be close. It could be a blowout. You, you know, you could have to get it up and down on 18. You could have to, you know, it was that round of golf she played was incredible. And she hit some golf shots coming down the stretch that were impressive. What was it like to have everybody associated with the athletic department, I think, was out here. Uh, A lot of members were out here, and Mm -hmm. obviously the fans, but calling the Hogs walking up the 18th had to be special. Uh, Probably one of my top moments that since I've been here. You know, in our sport, you can go to Bud Walton or you can go to Reynolds, and, and you can have the fans call the Hogs, but when it's your sport, your moment, when the light's shining on your, your athletes, um, it, was, it was super special. How did you get Maria to Fayetteville? Well, we should send a thank you note to Gabby Lopez. Um, you know, it's very much um, about connections. And when someone has a good experience, they share it with their friends. And fortunately, uh, Gabby loves this place. You know, Maria's from Mexico. They were taking from, at the same time, taking from the same teacher. And it was, you know, I shouldn't say it was easy, but it was Gabby planted the seed and then we just watered it, commits to come play for us. Boom. Easy. Yeah. I wish it were all that easy. (laughs) You you talked earlier about homegrown talent, and you've got one on the team right now that is uh, just really playing some excellent golf, and that's Brooke Matthews. Mm -hmm. It's been fun to watch Brooke grow. You know, I've known Brooke since she was little um, because I've been here for a million years. Um, Go through the recruiting process, calls me want to be a Razorback. I'm like, thank you, God. Like, this kid's going to be special. And the first year kind of struggles, never played. Um, She did qualify once as an individual, but I was like, hey, I don't think we should use a year of eligibility to play as an individual. Let's, let's see if we can, you know, do some stuff the next year. So she did that. And it's just been, it's been a a work in progress. Um, She's learned um, to manage herself. She's learned to manage a golf course. She makes smarter decisions. She's gotten more consistent, kind of one-dimensional. She wasn't a great wedge player. Has become a very good wedge player. And has worked hard, smart. You know, has a pretty high golf IQ. Yeah, she's just done amazing. I'm so proud of her. And you know, I know her future is bright in this game. And um, she's definitely been a big part of our success. All of her amateur accolades that she's gotten in events that she's played in. I think of the Augusta National, which uh, we didn't even bring that up with Maria, but she finished second in that. The fact that she's done well at the USAM and she's been on the Arnold Palmer Cup and now she's on the Curtis Cup. And that's big time when it comes to amateur golf. I mean, the Curtis Cup is the Ryder Cup for women's amateur golf. Yeah, it's sort of the pinnacle of amateur golf um, to make that team. And um, it just just shows, uh, you know, Brooke is well-liked. Um, she's a good teammate, great player, um, has done well and in, in, on the big stage and, um, you know, much deserved. I mean, it's, she went to a training camp uh, early spring 
Um, and they were impressed. I mean, she, I think she holed out a shot from the fairway. She just did some really cool things. And I know she was kind of right on the, the line of make it or not make it. And I said, Brooke, good golf takes care of all your problems. And she went and had an amazing U.S. amateur. Um, ended up losing to Rachel Heck that made it to the finals. But um, a tremendous um, kind of clutch. I think that propelled her into the Curtis Cup. And, you know, it says a lot about Brooke. Is she a leader? Of this team? She is. She's more of a leader by example because she loves golf. She works extremely hard. Um, she's very caring. She loves Arkansas. Um, her parents come to all of our events. Um, you know, they're just kind of all in. And it's been great to have somebody from home, you know, right down the road. We can go home and she can go home and have dinner at night and um, to lead us and do such a great job. Speaking of this team, you've got another outstanding schedule. The Blessings Collegiate is again this year. In fact, last year, all 14 SEC schools had teams here, men and women. It was the first event after COVID. Mm-hmm. Shut you down the year before. So, And it was also televised again mm-hmm. on the Golf Channel. And that's a big event coming up. I know that might be one of the highlights of the fall schedule for you. It is. I Again, kudos to Mr. Tyson for investing in our programs and wanting to showcase our amazing home and college golf is I mean you think you know the national championship of Matthew Wolf you have all these I mean we're the next generation these young men and women um, that come through our programs um, will be on the PGA tour and the LPGA tour and to be able to play at home is special and you know we hadn't had that for a while we've had some of the big events but to have this event last year and you know this year and then next year is awesome. They say it's tough to win it, but sometimes it's even tougher to defend. Do you think you can this year? I do. Um, we have an awesome group. Well, I thought last year we were really young. Um, so I think a season of competition and being able to win, you know, at home. But we know this golf course. We we know we train. We do a lot of things in our practice to prepare for the Blessings Collegiate. And um, it's definitely helpful. To see this place once is hard. So we do have the, the opportunity to play it every day. Another tournament that is on the schedule that will draw the eyes of a lot of uh, people around golf and amateur golf is the Jackson T. Stevens Cup at the Elotion Club this year. And you guys are getting to be a part of it. Yeah, I was thrilled when we got the phone call that this event was going to be established and to have Mr. Stevens invite myself and our team and Brad's team to be a part of that at the Elotion Club, I think will be um, a back-to-back weeks of awesome and uh, to be able to go, you know, to kind of central Arkansas and hopefully get a bunch of Razorback fans out there to watch us compete is amazing. And that's going to be a talented field. I mean, that's the best of the best in the country. Yeah, we got to we got to bring our best golf that week. And I think it, you know, it it's, uh, you know, I think to, to win and to win championships, you have to be able to test yourself. And we definitely will be battle tested. All right. Last couple of questions. I'm going to go outside of the state because I think I know where you're going to go. And if I ask you this question for inside the state, but best golf course you've ever played. Ooh. I'm kind of a junkie for like link style stuff. So I love St. Andrews. I um, played it a bunch. I love creativity. I love having you think outside the box. You know, I love that style in the States. Gosh, that's a tough one. There's too many good ones. There are. I might get slammed for saying, uh, you know, I don't know. I, there's so many good ones. I don't know if I have a favorite. If it's your last round that you could ever play, where would you go? I'd probably go to like Pebble, just out on the out on the coast, just beautiful, like the creation of what God has done and to be able to do that, the game you love, sounds like a great recipe. A national title this year. Can you vision it? I mean, Maria talked about a vision. Can you envision winning a national title? I can. Um, you know, it, it's it's not about my vision. It's about their vision and what they think of themselves and their belief system. And that's one thing that we nurture and try and grow. And if they can see it, 
we can do it. And it's just going to be able to, you know, get them in a position. A lot of things have to happen right to win a national championship. And we definitely have the pieces of the puzzle to do that. Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of SureLife products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Frog Togs Outerwear is available at Minnows Plus. Did you see some of the weather reporters and storm chasers wearing their Frog Togs Outerwear during their coverage of Hurricane Ida? Shop online at MinnowsPlus.com. Now on the tee with our weekly rules segment, here is PGA Master Professional Adam Carney. Adam, ball's on the green. I've marked it. I've cleaned it. I've replaced it. I pulled my mark up. But in between the time, I've fixed ball marks on the green. I've tapped down some spike marks in front of my golf ball, mm-hmm. and that is all allowed now under the rules of golf. It is. Yeah, several changes. Tapping down spike marks, obviously the big ones. I want to know if I can go back to metal spikes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd have better uh, balance yeah, and stability yeah, on golf shots. Yeah, I mean, not that not that I swing hard enough anymore, but you know, we still have tour players that wear metal spikes, and even some of the younger players, when they go over to the UK and play, and they're playing those you know, drive open style golf courses. They're wearing metal spikes, you know, for those events. But uh, yeah, tapping down spike marks. Yeah, you know, we've always had something there where if your ball's there and somebody walks inadvertently walks through your line of putt and, and creates a depression or a spike mark, you're entitled to the lie that you in line that you had prior to, you know, when, when your ball came to rest and you were able to repair that. I, I'll never forget, I was playing with Tim Fleming. Tim's uh, the head golf professional at Oklahoma City Golf and Country Club and uh, one of the best club pro players, you know, probably in the history of PGA of America. I think he's played six or seven PGA championships and I don't know how many senior events now. Um, I was paired with him for, I don't know how, but I was paired with him in the last round of the section championship one year. Um, you must have played well. Uh, I played. I guess I played well in the first two rounds, and uh, or he played poorly. I don't remember which. It's, it's, I must have played well. He never plays poorly. But uh, we we're on the tenth green, and it, w- it was a green that had some uh, it had some bare spots in it. And Tim marks his ball with a penny, and I can't see a penny. And especially in the it wasn't green area, and we were very close to one another, close proximity. And I I went to putt, and I I mean I trampled all over his line. Tim is Tim's a consummate sportsman, great person great player even better person and uh i mean i'm all over his line and all of a sudden i see it and i said oh my gosh tim i'm so sorry i said i just want you to know thankfully i'm a rules guy i know the rule here you can repair anything get it back to the way it was before i i stepped there and he's down squatting looking at his putt never looked his eyes up he goes don't think i can I was like, oh, great. (laughs) He proceeded to miss the putt. Neither one of us won the tournament, and I don't think it affected the tournament. But, uh, 
Yeah, so that's that's one of those things that, you know, we've always been able to do that if, if the ball was already there. Now we're allowed to cure some of the inadequacies of the green. Mm-hmm. Um, we still can't pull out maybe some clover or some goosegrass or something that's growing on the sure. green. That's, you know, I think the, the reason behind not tapping down spike marks was the fear that somebody would just take their putter and create, you know, basically a rut on the line on a putt to where their ball would to where stay the ball in the would rut, stay go in the, the hole. go into the hole. Yeah. Um, and I think they did a good job of, of wording it. You know, it's repairing the green within reason and not preparing the green for your putt. So I think it's good rule. I mean, we look back to the, I can't remember what year the PGA championship was at Riviera 95, something, something like that. I think Steve Elkington won that year. Um, and it was before, you know, we had non-metal spikes um, and those greens were so spiked up, it was unbelievable. Um, and it was just kind of, it would literally, it was embarrassing, I think, for the PGA and probably for Riviera, too. But putting was like, you know, Plinko on the price is right. You just had no idea where it was going to end up sometimes. So um, I think I think it's a good rule. I think that, you know, the ability to, to you know, remove things that shouldn't be there or that's carelessness you know, out of a previous player. And I think you see it on, on TV if you watch golf, you know, a player – holes a putt, goes, gets his golf ball out of the hole, and he's going to tap down the area that he walked on right. just as a courtesy to, to players, players behind yeah. him, um, which obviously speaks volumes to the to the honor of the game, which is, in my opinion, compared to other sports, very, very different. Um, so, um, But I think ultimately it's a good rule. But you still see players – that will continue to tap down any marks they may have made when they were going to get their golf ball out of the hole or, or finish, you know, right by the hole. Um, they still do it to this day, even though the players have the ability to to fix those. He is Adam Carney, our PGA Master Professional. If you've got a rules question for Adam, email us, fromtheshortgrass at gmail.com, and we'll get it answered. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. Thanks for listening, as always. I leave you with this quote from Bob Hope. If you watch a game, it's fun. If you play, it's recreation. If you work at it, it's golf. Remember to always repair your ball marks on the green and a couple of more. And I hope to see you from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. From the Short Grass is brought to you by MinnowsPlus.com and Blackman Auctions. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.